0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hello friends, it's me, your host, Nick. It is Sunday, April, uh, what is it, the 12th? Uh, Today's the 12th, look at that, I'm I'm right It's Easter, happy Easter If you celebrate Easter If you don't, uh, happy Passover I know Passover was last week as well Other than that uh, Not a whole lot going on in the world As we all know Luckily some semblance of what's going on in the the nerd side of things is, Is still rolling right along As always You know it's nice to think about other people and the first responders and those on the front line and essential workers at this trying time and in, in in our history. I applaud those and it, it's it's really a testament to human nature to take care of, of each other. And I hope that this changes things for the better for a lot of these people when we get to What will be the new normal? And it will be interesting to see what things will look like when the dust settles. Uh, The proverbial dust, I should say, is uh, the dust hasn't really been kicked up. But in an effort to congratulate them, I I would... I mean, I'm sure there's ways to help those people and, and other people in need right now. So that's something I think we all can do, if possible. It's not always uh, possible for everyone. Also, as always, if you guys are going to go out, don't forget to wear a mask or at least uh, wear gloves and a mask and wash your hands every chance you get. Just so we don't have to worry about spreading it to other people or catching it ourselves. Um, and as always, I will still be here as a constant in your life. So that way you guys have something to listen to. Uh as the days and weeks go by, but let's uh, let's get into it, huh? Let's get into what what we're all here for, and that is the nerd news, the nerds of nude, nude. No, no, not nude, not nude news. I don't think you guys want to watch that. Anyway, anyway, let's get into video game news. A uh, little light on everything this week, so. Hopefully we'll be able to get devote some time to some uh, topics. There is a gaming topic I would like to, to devote uh, a good chunk of time today. But in surprising news, Saints Row 3, which I guess is considered the best in, in the series. I was trying to think of a word for quad because there was four. I, I've never personally played the Saints Row games. I understand they're very fun. They just looked uh, too off the walls. It was like it was like Grand Theft auto on on acid, which Grand Theft Auto is already life on acid if you ask me. but looks like you know there's a, a lot of things coming out, but it looks like there is a remaster of Saints Row three coming uh, and it will release next month on the twenty second of May. also being rumored right now. Uh, Mafia 2 and 3 re-releases as definitive editions may be coming as they were outed by a, I want to say it was a Korean ratings board, I, I, uh, unfortunately I I missed who that was essentially, but what's done is done. Uh, If you guys have been playing Rocksmith for the last, what, I think six years, well, it's uh, coming to an end essentially. The Rocksmith DLC is finally finished after 383 weeks and almost 1,600 songs. Uh, Rocksmith uh, differentiated itself from other music games because it allowed you to hook up a real guitar to play songs for real and learn them for real. This was not like Guitar Hero that simulated guitar playing or DJ Hero that simulated DJ playing. This was a legitimate, uh, almost teach yourself how to play guitar game. Uh, game, I say, but it, it, like I said, it allowed you to plug in an actual guitar to your console and play. And I think 2014 was when it last released. And they say the team is working on something new, so maybe we'll get a new rock, rocksmith for the new consoles. Uh, we previously spoke about how Super Mario was getting Lego uh, sets. Those will release August 1st, uh, several sets, the beginner set, or starter set as they're calling it, that comes with Mario, will retail for $59.99 US dollars if you are interested. Uh, Season 3 of Call of Duty Modern Warfare launches, uh, had launched I should say this past week, bringing back some old maps and uh, uh, some new operators as well. Uh, the newest one being Alex uh, who if you played the campaign you'll recognize he is one of the playable characters in the campaign uh, he is now available as an operator in multiplayer uh, also brought back uh, one of the maps from the original game backlot and is now a new map in Call of Duty Modern Warfare also how about this a lot of like a lot of sports leagues have been going digital lately in some form or capacity and now the MLB has jumped on that bandwagon The MLB The Show League brings in real pros, so it has a player from each team representing their team in this league. It's a tournament that's going on right now, and uh, you can watch it on ESPN and other places. Uh, Sony Interactive, the MLB, and the MLBPA have announced the MLB The Show Players League. It is, like I said, an online event. It will help raise funds for the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and the Boys and Girls Clubs of Canada. And it's 30 professional baseball players, including 11 former All-Stars, 5 World Series champions, and 8 players aged 25 or younger. It is a round-robin format throughout, and 29 uh, against one another for a total of 29 three-inning games, the top 8 players will advance to a postseason and ultimately a World Series. The three organizations have agreed to donate five grand on behalf of each participating player to a Boys and Girls Club affiliate in their team's community. The championship player will earn an additional $25,000 donation to their community's clubs. It began on Friday with uh, Blake, Sh- Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay Rays uh, playing Amir Garrett of the Reds. And they will be on Twitch and YouTube. Also at MLB The Show Twitter account. And a full list. So you have John. Duplantier of the Diamondbacks, Luke Jackson of the Braves, Dwight Smith Jr. of the Orioles, Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox, Ian Happ of the Cubs, Luis Jolito of the White Sox, Amir Garrett of the Reds, Carlos Santana of the Indians, David Dahl of the Rockies, Nico Goodrum of the Tigers, Lance McCullers Jr. of the Astros, Brett Phillips, Kansas City Royals, Ty Buttrey of the Angels, Gavin Lux of the Dodgers, Ryan Stanek of the Marlins, Josh Hader of the Brewers, Trevor May of the Twins, Jeff McNeil of the Mets, Tommy Canel of the Yankees, Jesus Jesus Luzardo of the Athletics, Riss Hoskins of the Phillies, Cole Tucker of the Pirates, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres, Hunter Pence of the Giants, Carl Edwards of the Mariners, Matt Carpenter of the Cardinals, Blake Snell like I said of the Rays, Joey Gallo of the Rangers, Bo Bichetti of the Blue Jays, and Juan Soto of the Nationals. So, root on your favorite team there in the MLB The Show League, which uh, is ongoing. Also, how about this? Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red have, uh, I should say, CD Projekt Red have have announced for Cyberpunk it will get at least two DLCs post-launch, and we will find out more about these DLCs As we get closer to launch, they'll uh, figure out a way to bring that news to everyone. Uh, Microsoft has announced that all of their press conference, gaming or not, will now be digital until at least July of 2021 as we figure out all these new social distancing rules. I'm, I'm I'm sure it will be a while before large groups can gather again as everything gets figured out, and I'm sure... Once a vaccine is found, people will be able to feel comfortable going to sporting events and conventions and and things like this. But, yeah. How about this? Uh, if you guys were looking to get Google Stadia, uh, I'm not going to lie, if you're listening to my show, you're probably not in the Stadia market, as you probably have one of the three major consoles. If you don't, maybe Stadia is for you, and this is some good news. Google has announced that starting... Uh, what was this, on the 8th, uh, and rolling out over the next couple days, so it's probably in full effect now. It is free to use in all of its 14 countries where available, as long as you have a Gmail account. You can sign up at the Stadia website with your account, and uh, it gives you access to the free tier, so you can play uh, play and purchase games up to 1080p, 60 frames per second, with stereo surround sound. And if you do sign up during this free rollout, you'll get two months of Stadia Pro for free. Uh, you can continue after that for $10 a month or opt out. And that will, I think, give you up to 4 k And uh, Pro Subscription also get, lets you get free games on a regular basis. So the free games right now, if you sign up for Stadia Pro, are Destiny 2, Grid, Guilt, SteamWorld, Dig 2, SteamWorld, Quest... Serious Sam Collection, Spitlings, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, and Thumper. And, uh, yeah, so it's Stadia Pro, lets you go stream up to 4K, 60fps, HDR, of course, if your internet can handle that. And that, uh, like I said, though, 1080p is free per Google. To reduce load on the internet further, we're working toward a temporary feature that changes the default screen resolution from 4K to 1080p. With increased demand due to more people at home during this time, we're taking a responsible approach to internet traffic. The vast majority of people on a desktop or laptop won't notice a significant drop in gameplay quality, but you can choose your data usage options in the Stadia app. Uh, There is an app available, but that's now free for you. So if you never upgraded to the current gen of consoles, well, here's your chance to play some of its biggest games on Google Stadia for free. And before we get into our final gaming topic, I did want to talk about the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I did pick up this last Friday. Um, speaking of, GameStop handled it pretty decently for a business that probably shouldn't be open right now. But instead of having people go into the store and, and pick it up, uh, if you did have your pre-order, all you had to do is, when you got to the location, you you gave them a call. There's a phone number on their door. Uh, the representative inside would pull up your pre-order get it all rung rung up, he'd come to the door, take your form of payment, they weren't taking cash, understandable, or debit cards for that matter, which again, understandable, and then they would bring it inside, ring you up, and then hand you your payment and your item uh, through the door, so you never entered the store, so it was really good, uh, somewhat social distancing safe to keep people apart and not meandering or mingling around if they didn't need to, and uh, anyway... I have never really, really played a Final Fantasy game. I, I do have an old Game Boy one that I can't even remember what it is from the original Game Boy that I inherited from my brother. Uh, the closest thing I've ever come to Final Fantasy is, of course, the Kingdom Hearts series. And Final Fantasy VII plays a lot like that, except it's a much more beautiful game. This game is is gorgeous. And at the same time, though... What the hell is going on in Final Fantasy, man? There's so much weird stuff that goes on in in their stories and just like the world settings. And honestly, for a game that is a complete overhaul and remake of the original from from the original PlayStation, you'd think that they would bring it up to maybe some more modern standards. And a lot of things, and I'm not kidding, a lot of things 100% probably get lost in translation... When they come over from from Japanese to English. And. I just. There is a lot going on. I, I've put a couple hours into it so far. Having a lot of fun with it. I can understand why people probably consider this one of the best Final Fantasies. Of course I, I haven't put enough time into it to really appreciate that. Or see that more than on just a surface level. Of course uh, hopefully I'll be able to get more time in this week. But. It is definitely fun, and it is not turn-based like the original, so that, that's always a good thing, because turn-based RPGs have kind of fallen out of favor as of late, but again, that that's okay, because it, it fits the modern format, and it's, it's beautifully adapted, and again, it, it is a gorgeous game. If you do have a PlayStation 4, and like Final Fantasy, or like RPGs, or JRPGs, I should say, and... Um, other fun things like that, I, I would urge you to play it, especially if you loved the original. but uh, Or if you've only played Kingdom Hearts like me and want to check out Final Fantasy, this is probably a good thing to jump in with. Or even Fifteen was. I know pop- people love that game as well. But we'll have more on that next week. Uh, anyway, the biggest news, of course, video gaming-wise this week, was Sony officially revealed their new controller for the PlayStation 5. Uh, they are eschewing... The popular DualShock line, and now have introduced the DualSense, which is wildly different. Looks a lot like a, a lot like Xbox controllers, as as social media has efficiently pointed out, and and some of my memes last week showed off as well. But you can tell that they've uh, made a bit a bit bigger of a controller, and a lot of different things. It will have an audio jack for people interested and no yet on if it will have bluetooth support it does have it's a very interesting controller it's it it's surprising for sony to do a also a dual color controller and not straight black to match with their how their consoles have been lately maybe they'll go with a white re- launch release which is very interesting and They say, per Sony, it will bring a sense of touch to PS5 gameplay. I mean, there's already a touch pad on the PS4, DualShock 4. Anyway, uh, per the PlayStation blog, it says, Much of what gamers love about the DualShock 4 has been kept intact, while also adding new functionality and refining the design. And uh, it's a variety of powerful sensations you feel when you play, such as the slow grittiness of driving a car through mud. And... Uh, Adaptive triggers also have been incorporated into the L2 and R2 buttons, which will help players feel the tension of your actions, like drawing a bow to shoot an arrow. How many games will take advantage of this will be interesting. I mean, they already have some of this stuff on on the Xbox One controllers. They also said, gave thoughtful consideration into how to keep strong battery life, because, you know, the battery life on the DualShock 4s is shit. Honestly, you know what, let me vent real quick. The battery life on all of my Sony peripherals is shit. Okay. I bought a new headset. It does not last more than a few days compared to my most recent Steel Series purchase, which I got for the Xbox. I've charged that once in the last two months. Okay. And that thing's still kicking around like a champ. Where I've had to charge my PlayStation, my very um, top of the line Sony headset. 3 times so far mind you with not that many playthroughs and i usually have to charge my dualshock 4 every couple days if i'm playing a game on playstation where i charge my xbox controller once a month maybe and i play yeah exactly i'm uh, fix the battery life on the dualshock or on this dual sense i hope it's longer And that's why I'm okay with there being replaceable batteries in the new Xbox controller. Anyway, uh, the share button is gone. Now there's a new create button in its place, whatever that means. I don't fucking know. And it will have a built-in microphone array that will allow players to easily chat with friends or people who don't have a headset. That's a battery killer right there for sure. Uh, the light bar is somewhat gone. Uh, it's now underneath the touchpad. Uh, you can kind of see it on the sides. The buttons are a little wider apart from what I can tell. So are the joysticks, so that's nice. And it it the lines are not as harsh on this controller, that's for damn sure. Like I said, that's why a lot of people were comparing it to a PlayStation controller. And uh, they said they went through several concepts and hundreds of mock-ups... Anyway, uh, this is official from them. DualSense marks a radical departure from our previous controller offerings and captures just how strongly we feel about making a generational leap with PlayStation 5. The new controller, along with the many innovative features in PS5, will be transformative for games, continuing our mission at PlayStation to push the boundaries of play now and in the future. To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us as we head towards PS5's launch in Holiday 2020, we look forward to sharing more information about PS5, including the console design, in the coming months. Per president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan. Where the fuck is the console, people? Like, are you serious? The controller? The controller. Where's the console? What are you doing? Why are you why are you going around in this rigmarole? You're taking people on this journey that they don't want to be on. They just want to see the damn shit. Stop stop dropping bullshit, okay? Look, even Microsoft just went, "Here's everything." Meanwhile, Sony's like, "Here are the specs. Here's the controller. Um Godfall is coming to it on launch." Hey, how about that? Don't get me wrong, Xbox's games are going to be on both the this current gen and the next gen. So they don't really have an exclusive per se. But at least we know Halo and more than likely Forza will launch on the new console. But as of right now, I mean, The Last of Us is delayed indefinitely. I'm sure that will be a, a launch for both, I should say. We only know Godfall, which is not everyone's cup of tea. And Ghost of Tsushima is coming out this year for PS4, so hopefully that will also come out on PS5. And I wonder if Sony will take a page out of Microsoft's book allowing people to essentially upgrade for free to the next-gen if they get the next-gen console. So, it'll be interesting. I just want to see what the fucking thing looks like. Can we have that at least? Do you have other games up your sleeve? What are you What are you waiting for? You weren't gonna be at E3, so why not show shit off now? Unless it's not ready, which I totally understand as well, but just say. Or at least be a little more upfront than, "Uh, here's the controller. We'll have more later." Now, I'm very open to this new controller. The DualShock Four is is okay. It's not super comfortable. Uh, I tend to hit my thumbs a lot on it, and uh, granted, I do have a bit a bit larger hands, and of course, I'm used to just Xbox controllers over the over time. So it's it's a little yes, it's a tiny bit biased in this instance, but I am really really open to using this one a lot when I eventually get a PlayStation Five. But again, I don't like the touch thing. What the hell does a create button do? Uh, it's interesting that PlayStation they had like their own PlayStation button, but now it doesn't, it's just a cutout of the PlayStation logo, which is actually kind of cool. But I don't like this microphone in the controller thing. That's that's a a battery killer. I I can't tell if this is USB C or not. It should hopefully it will be. And the the one thing i'm i'm having issue with and a lot of people are as well is the dual color which leaves these seams on the controller which i'm actually noticing now this black has like the white is like a faceplate over it and it's even on on the bottom uh allegedly there will be buttons on the back from from my understanding but i don't like these seams that leaves potential for breaking more easily there's too many seams on this controller compared to some other controllers that don't have that many seams and granted it's nitpicking of course but until i i get hands-on and and see this thing there is a nice video online uh with the same guy that went hands-on with the series x uh with the the dual sense controller but we'll see time time will tell in uh, a few months time. Anyway that's it for gaming. Let's move on. To the TV world. And. Hey all you cool cats and kittens. Finally finished Tiger King. And oh my fucking god. What was going on there folks. What the fuck. Was going on there. I. Think that. uh Like everybody else, I think Carol Baskins killed her husband. (laughs) And I know Joe's in prison. I think he was used as a scapegoat, though. I think a lot of things were trumped up against him. I think Jeff Lowe stole the zoo out from under him. uh, Despite showing himself as a benefactor and someone willing to work with Joe. Granted, Joe did go a little crazy. But, wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's a crazy man and a crazy life to live. And even that after show that came out uh, today, actually, with Joel McHale interviewing some of the members of the cast. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, ID Discovery has announced that they're going to do like a sequel series and will follow up on Carol Baskin. After a cold case has been reintroduced into the disappearance of her husband. Rob Lowe is in talks with Ryan Murphy, who created both American Horror Story and Glee. For a scripted Tiger King show where Rob Lowe will play Joe Exotic. Yeah, wow, okay. Uh, I don't know. Netflix wants to do more with it. I want to consume all kinds of media related to Joe Exotic. The GW Zoo. Carol Baskins. And just everything. It's so intriguing. Like nothing I've ever seen before. When I finally started watching, I, I couldn't stop. I don't understand why I waited so long. But yeah, Tiger King, folks. Tiger King has taken over America. Uh, Speaking of that sequel series, it, uh, like I said, it will be on Investigation Discovery, and it is a series investigating the strange world of Joe Exotic that will explore the show's other most notorious figure, Carol Baskins, along with other colorful characters like Doc Antle and Jeff Lowe as well. Uh, per the press release, the investigation you didn't get to see, revealing the secrets only Joe knows, the exclusive footage that has never been shown and the search to answer the one question every person is asking themselves right now. Although she's denied it, is Carol Baskins responsible for the disappearance of her husband Don Lewis. They'll also look at what skeletons is Joe still hiding with his un- within his untold past. Is his conviction truly justified? Who is Jeff Lowe and what does the FBI really know? What secrets lie hidden within Doc Antle's walls? They say it's called, going to be a definitive sequel. And the only person from Tiger King who is officially involved is Joe Exotic. They have not uh, worked with anyone else. The filmmakers Eric Good and Rebecca Chaklin aren't associated with the project. Teresa McCown and Colin Whelan will executive produce. And... Yeah, it will be on Information Discovery at some point in the future. Uh, per ID Discovery, viewers are understandably riveted by Netflix's Tiger King, but the millions of true crime friends around the world were left wanting more. <laughs> ID is the perfect place to find the inevitable sequel to this drama featuring a missing husband, a hitman, and the illegal business of exotic animals. It's time to let the cat out of the bag and address the lingering questions that viewers demand answered. There you go, folks. The saga of Joe Exotic is not over yet. That bitch Carol fucking Baskin, <laughs> and Joe Exotic. What a crazy, what a crazy time to be alive, folks. Fucking wild, man. Anyway, Kevin Smith has spoken out about a show that he was working on for Disney Plus. It was going to be called. Uh, Kingdom Keepers. Based on a young adult series. And apparently it was cancelled. Because it was going to use too much of the IP. Which is never a bad thing. Especially when it comes to Disney. Uh, he did a tell all on his. Fat Man Beyond podcast. Which you know is based on. Uh, fat, the Fat Man on Batman. Which is his old podcast. Which he calls himself the Fat Man. And he's a very big Batman fan. And they were going to use a lot of cool technology. That the, the Mandalorian used. And. Per Kevin Smith, I saw that wall in real life Where, when we were working on the potential Disney Plus show Kingdom Keepers. They brought me in for a tech day, and they were like, this wall here can duplicate any background. So, uh, I guess he was working on it, then a new executive was brought in. Uh, a new exec was put in charge of the app and killed KK, Kingdom Keepers. Said, we use too much Disney IP in one project. Every character in the park comes to life. Is that, is that a problem? A year after Endgame pretty much brought in every character of the MCU? Like, wh- who thought that would be a bad idea? That's that's literally gold. That is a diamond-encrusted idea. People, like, jerk off Disneyland on another level, okay? And the fact that this exec asshole says that too much IP in one product? Well, are you fucking kidding me? People would eat that shit up. Especially if it's about the park coming to life, what, what what are people? What? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That it, it was too much. You like you don't even have to go to every part of the park in every episode. You can go to like Tomorrowland in in one one arc, and uh, uh, Frontierland in another. And Toontown, and like, I haven't personally read these books, I really only found out about them after I was looking up what this show was about. But, like, this sounds like Night of the Museum at Disneyland, like, how, how the fuck would that not work? What executive thought that was an asinine idea? That guy should be fired, in my opinion. I would, watched, I would have watched the hell out of that show, and I know there's... Thousands if not millions of other people that would too. I guarantee you the 50 million subscribers that Disney Plus now has. That was just recently announced. At least half if not more of them would watch that show. So this Disney exec should probably be calling up Kevin Smith. And giving him another shot at that show. If you ask me. That's insane though. I would yeah I'm not even gonna whatever. Uh, if you were holding out hope for the Friends reunion special on HBO Max. Which is set to launch next month. Well, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Because it has been delayed indefinitely as production uh, didn't really start for that matter. Understandably. And I'm sure production will resume once once people are allowed to gather in larger groups once again. So... If you're holding out hope, you got to wait a little bit longer. Also, uh, the reboot of the Animaniacs, which is coming to Hulu, which I don't know why, for some reason I always thought it was going to Netflix. If you were worried about the voice cast on the show, fear not, as the original voice cast from Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain, because they're going to be featuring them too, will return for the reboot on Hulu. Maurice LaMarche, uh, Rob Paulson... And, oh, why can't I think of her name? Tress McNeil will return uh, as Wacko, Yakko, and Pinky, and the Brain, and, and of course I forgot Jess Harnell. As long as Rob Paulson does an update to Yakko's, no, Wacko, wait, hold on. I'm very lost now. Yakko. It was Yakko. As long as he does an updated version of Yakko's country songs, I am 100% on board with this show. He still does it. He can still do it today. It's crazy. It's insane. I would check out his cool uh, cool podcast and his YouTube shows. Um, He interviews a lot of other voice actors, and then he will have them read a script from a movie or other shows, but in their characters' voices. Like, there was one where he had Kevin Conroy on... And he had him read a script from something else, but as Batman, was pretty amazing. But, yeah, that's it for TV for now. Uh, except there's two reviews before we finish. Clone Wars was going on a very, very, very slow burn with its Ahsoka episodes. And it finally came full circle, bringing in... How Ahsoka will probably end up on the Siege of Mandalore. Which I think is how they're going to wrap up the the show. Which uh, introduced back into the fold Bo-Katan and Darth Maul. And it finally allowed Ahsoka to have some closure. Made some good use of the pikes, Finally upped the ante on her relationship with the Martez sisters. Because that story was starting to drag just a tiny bit. But... It'll be nice to finally have her interacting with Anakin and the clones again, and hopefully a nice big show-off blowout with Darth Maul, who we know will survive, uh, considering he's alive in both Solo and Rebels, but we will see. As for Westworld, they finally hooked me. This episode was very interesting. This was the third episode, as we all know, the fourth will be on later tonight. Uh, by the time you guys are hearing this, it will be a week plus since since Episode 3 aired. But anyway, we find out that Dolores did not actually bring any of her fellow hosts, but actually just copies of herself. We also learn that she had a plant in the Yakuza who Mave awesomely fought off and unfortunately failed. Uh, we'll see if she comes back. I'm sure she will be back in some capacity, the Sarac uh, guy, I think probably has copies of her. We also came to a point with what is going on with Charlotte Hale, or I should say Dolores as Charlotte Hale, interacting with the Man in Black, William. And it's interesting to see his dynamic now. Uh, seems that he seems that he's had a mental break, especially after unfortunately accidentally killing his daughter in season two, thinking she was a host. Granted, a lot of reasons for him to think that. And we also see Bernard in Los Angeles on the mainland interacting with Dolores' people, of course. And that was uh, interesting to see. So everything's coming to a head, which is good. Because it looks like we're going to be a little more fast-paced in Season 3. More so than Season 1 and 2. I don't know yet if they're getting a Season 4. Probably not. But... It'll be... I don't know where you go from here, to be honest. But we can all see Dolores' master plan coming into action now. There was a lot of cool things going on in this episode. Like designer drugs of the future. uh, A future where hookers are sold (laughs) in sex clubs in LA. Interesting. But uh, the fight scene with Dolores and, and Stubbs was awesome, actually, I should say. But... I wonder where this will end up going. Ultimately, I, I'm a little concerned on how things will play out. I've uh, been getting a lot of this uh, AI versus humanity lately in TV shows. And I hope this is written in a, a the right way that turns out well. Uh, because they can go in a lot of contrived ways. And if it's not done or handled properly, then then there could be some issues. Uh, overall, though, episode 3 was a lot better than what the first two episodes were. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to William, otherwise known in The Man in Black. And how his story will move forward along with Bernard now that he knows who he's up against. And also how Maeve will uh, play out as well. It's a, it's a three three groups vying for... The, the win, I guess you could say, plus what else whatever else is going on. But that's it for television. Let's move on to the movie side of things. Uh, Kathy Yan was being asked on Twitter uh, what she would do if, if she got to make a sequel to Birds of Prey. Which unfortunately did not get to have a long theatrical run. But hopefully it finds a, a nice good home on on digital release now that you can watch it in your home says that she would love to explore the relationship between Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy in a sequel if she could. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, uh, in the comics, Harley Quinn is no longer dating the Joker. Uh, she's actually in a relationship with, on and off again relationship, I should say, with Poison Ivy. Uh, of course, it's a lot better and uh, of a re- relationship than she has with. With um, with the Joker. It's not as toxic or destructive. Which is probably a good thing. But I would like to see that. Uh, in a film. Explored. I wonder who they would portray. Get to portray Poison Ivy though. I think Emma Stone would good do a good job. And Jessica Chastain would do a good job. Obviously I'm picking out redheads. Because I, I don't really think about other actresses. That would dye their hair red for this instance. But. That's just me. Anyway, uh, James Gunn, also talking on Twitter. Talked about his favorite movies that are sequels that are better than the original. Shout out to him picking Godfather 2 and uh, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan and Empire Strikes Back, among others. But he was being interviewed and said... Or not interviewed, but somebody asked a question. He said that Rocket's backstory will be central to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So the story of Rocket Raccoon and how he came to be will be a a central tenant of Guardians 3. Uh, Also asked about the production schedules of Suicide Squad and Guardians 3, saying that neither of them are unaffected in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Principal photography is done on Suicide Squad. I think they're just in post-production now. And of course they have not yet started on on Guardians 3, so uh, nothing to worry about there. We uh, also got news for Disney+. Plus: A possible live-action CGI remake of Robin Hood may be coming in the near future. Now, I wonder if they're going to go hyper-realistic like they did for Lion King. Or maybe a little more, not realistic, but a little more fantastical like they did for... Uh, the Jungle Book. Granted, it's going to be a little hard. You can't do hyper-realistic like you did on The Lion King. Because, again, these are anthropomorphized animals uh, for Robin Hood. So, it's going to be a mo- lot more like Zootopia. But, this time, with more live action, I guess. Uh, you know the song. It's uh, Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. oodle la la oodle That, that uh, lovely, lovely song. Anyway... It'll be interesting to see how that would work or look. I think they would be better off doing maybe something closer to, like, a Pixar film, Zootopia, remake than a live-action one. Uh, Because that can get kind of tricky when you're doing hyper-realistic animals in clothing. But who knows. Also, the original Death of Black Widow was released, the deleted scene, and while it would have caused some story issues in pertaining to how the armies of thanos were on vormir granted i know in the film he talks about dispatching ronin the accuser to uh, what's um to morag was that the planet where the power stone was but i just this scene was a lot more moving the deleted one than the granted the one we got was amazing The one in the film, the deleted one was a lot better. And I think would have done better in the film. A lot better. uh, Just because her sacrifice means more in that version than her just fighting with Hawkeye. But that's just me. It's on YouTube. I think you guys can go watch it. It definitely would have been a lot better if you ask me. Um, Anyway. Todd McFarlane swears Spawn is still happening. He was being interviewed by Variety or... I don't even remember. But he swears up and down. His Spawn movie with Jamie Foxx is still happening. Don't hold your breath, folks. Atomic Blonde may get a sequel on Netflix. If you guys liked the movie with Charlize Theron, uh, it may get a sequel on Netflix. So, there. How about that? Matt Reeves was also being interviewed. And uh, he talked about the surreal shutdown, obviously affecting his movie. They were multiple weeks in. Um, but he actually revealed his favorite Batman movies. They were the uh, Batman Returns, 1992. Talked about how he loved Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. And of course, The Dark Knight. I'm surprised that he didn't pick uh, Batman 89. I still think is a little bit better than Batman Returns. And uh, he did say, I don't want... I don't want to be a part of a long line of Batman movies where this is just another one. He was speaking with Nerdist. He said what Tim Burton did was really singular. Uh, I love Batman Returns. Michelle Pfeiffer was incredible. I love it. I love it so much. It's so incredible and she's so incredible in it. I just think it's such a beautiful movie. I love the Penguin stuff when he's going down the sewers as the baby. It's just like, wow. This is the beautiful thing about Tim Burton at his best. in the way that he's got that connection into the fantastical that feels very very personal and the fact that he's using similar villains in his film shows a lot of that of batman returns influence on him which i think is a good thing hopefully it will be a little more burton than it is nolan which again I'm, i'm totally on board with if we get a mix i'm cool There's some things in the Nolan films that work, there's some that don't, but I'm not getting into that right now. That's a a story for another day. And last bit of movie news here, how about this? Martin Scorsese is working on a new film with Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, per the Wall Street Journal of all places, I guess he met with Paramount about his new film, which apparently has a $200 million price tag. And they have a on it. So now he is working with Apple and Netflix. About possibly bringing the production to them. Uh, to distribute the film. It's called T- Flow, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, it was supposed to be produced by Paramount. No longer. And yeah. Uh, just along with COVID-19 and a whole lot of other things. Obviously, that's affecting every business. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is based on a best-selling 2017 nonfiction book about a federal law enforcement agency, the precursor to the FBI, as it investigates the murder of the Osage Nation Native Americans living on oil-rich Oklahoma in the 1920s, was set to star DiCaprio and De Niro. Sounds like movie gold, if you ask me, just because every movie he makes with them is always good. I don't know why a studio would pass up on that. And granted, I don't know why a film like that would cost two hundred million. Granted, they'd have to build a lot of sets for that film. Anyway, in other news, as we move on and come to the end of our show this week, uh, Universal Studios has extended their closure of their theme parks to May thirty-first at the earliest. Uh, as I stated at the top of the show. I don't think theme parks are going to be like they used to. I think it's going to be limited numbers for the foreseeable future as we enter our new normal. Um, Speaking of that, Disneyland may introduce a temperature check at their entrances moving forward as well when they reopen. Obviously, you don't want anyone sick coming into the park. You're going to see a lot more masks on people as well. Very new normal. And uh, Star Wars decided to show off some of its new Jedi from its High Republic uh, publishing initiative. Uh, they showed off five of the new Jedi. And uh, the first is Avar Chris. Uh, green lightsaber wielding. Uh, brightest and most noble example of what it means to be a Jedi. Uh, they say if there was a Captain America among the Jedi, they she would be it. Uh, optimistic, self-sacrificing, inspiration. And likes to live on the unexplored and frontier of space. Which, again, apparently uh, the galaxy isn't as explored. I, what the fuck are they doing over at Disney in the story group? This is set 200 years before or whatever of The Phantom Menace. And you're telling me that the, the, the lovely Old Republic backstory is just being thrown the fuck out? And the galaxy is unexplored. That's been around for thousands of generations. Are you fucking kidding me? That's bullshit. If you ask me, people love the old Republic stories and things that go with that. And now Disney's gonna go on this thing and say, "Oh, the galaxy wasn't really fully explored until 200 years before uh, uh, the Phantom Menace." Like that—that's fucking bullshit. Dumb. This already—I'm starting to write this off. The next. Um, anywhere where you can find Avar Chris will be in Charles Soule's The Star Wars The High Republic Light of the Jedi novel next is Loden Greatstorm who is from the looks of it a uh, Twi'lek has a good sense of humor beautiful Yellowblade one of the best teachers in the Jedi Order Uh, you'll be able to find him in the same Light of the Jedi novel by Charles Soule next is Keeve Trennis who has a green double-bladed lightsaber. A new Jedi Knight. Uh, only for a matter of weeks when the book comes out. Quick-witted, impulsive, and a promising future. And finds herself starstruck. Anyway. A lot of other stuff. This is all on StarWars.com, you guys can find. She will be in Star Wars The High Republic comic by Cavan Scott. Kavan Scott? I don't know. Next is Stellan Geos. Who wields a blue lightsaber with a crossguard, but it's not a lightsaber cross guard. Uh, They He came up through the order with Avar Chris. Uh, they don't always wind up on the same assignment. Looks like, um, I don't know, he's stationed at a Jedi temple on the distant planet of Karagon Viner. He, uh, no word yet on where you'll be able to watch him. And finally, you have Vernestra Vern Rowe. Spelled R W O H, freshly minted Jedi Knight at 16. She works harder than most people, and you will be able to find her in the junior novel, Star Wars The High Republic A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. I'm not liking where this is going, folks. I am not liking where this is going. Not at all. Anyway, that's it, people for this week. Uh, Make sure to like and subscribe on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all all of the like. You can find links to all of our podcast pages at our website, nixnerdnews.com. You can also listen to the show right in your browser, if that's easier for you. While you're there, stop by our social page so you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram See all our feeds in one place if you like, so you don't have to always be clicking around to the different ones. Anyway, stay safe, wash your hands, don't touch your face. We're all in this together, folks. Okay, it's uh, hopefully just a few more short weeks of this, and we can get back to what will be the new normal uh, of social distancing and masks all the time. Anyway, thank you guys for stopping by. I'm your host, Nick, and I will catch you on the flip side.